Get inside and lock your doors. Close your windows. There's something in the fog. Meteor ship! Some folks have a strange idea entertaining. They're dead, but they're coming right for us. You're gonna need a bigger boat. Once again, to another exciting thrill a minute episode of the Spooky Picture Show. I am one of your four co hosts. I am Michael Felsher. And I'm Chris McGibbon. And I'm Kevin Ellis. And I'm Melanie Mullen. And for this week's episode, we are going to turn our attention to the wonders, the horrors, the all around fun of the summer camp experience, specifically films that have taken place in and around summer camp in which a lot of people, mostly young people, go and try to have a good time but end up getting horribly slaughtered, beat up, molested, killed, or sometimes all of the above. It's just fun for the whole family. So this, this is definitely going to be a very fun and exciting episode where we will address some of our favorite summer camp horrors and all sorts of other stuff that takes place when the lights are out and there's someone out in the woods looking for you and you don't want to go out there and take a shit and I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I was going to say, this is, this is taking a lot longer than okay. I thought. You can, cut, you, you can cut that last part out. I don't, <laughs> There's a nah, lot I'll happening leave it in, in leave summer it in. camp. You can go out and take a shower and take a shit in the woods and fuck a bear and I don't know what you want to do. It's oh, Fuck a bear? Well, I, mean, I don't know. know. I mean, fuck a bear. I mean, why not? So little darlings would not be relevant to this. Ew. No, episode. not unless everybody got murdered in Little Darlings, and I don't think that's what happened. Well, well it did Christy, take place. Christy McNichol got her pussy murdered by Ned Dillon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Is that the description from TV Guide? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Is that, was that what? <laughs> we all should have known Christy McNichol was a lesbo look, the whole look time. At, look at this. The TV guy says Christy McNichol's going to get her pussy murdered by, by Matt Dillon tonight. Well, happy damn. We got we to watch that. I don't know, man. That sounds like fun for me. I, I, I think I'm into that. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, well, it did take place at the Jason Lives summer camp. Yes, so it did. There's, it did. there's some kind of relation there. So there you go. That's there true. Go. Yes. <laughs> Well, we've connected the dots. I'm, I'm yeah. proud of us. Yeah. We figured out a way to make it work, <laughs> as we always do. I could just hear the, the 80s television commercial, Little Darlings, Christy McNichol gets her pussy murdered by Matt Nill <laughs> tonight at 8 p.m. <laughs> Parental <laughs> guidance suggests. 7 p.m. Central. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, we thought we'd kick off the summer with, um, you know, some summer-themed slasher films. I mean, that or horror films. Uh, it just seemed to make the most sense. Um, Although we, we have discovered to our horror, there aren't quite as many of them as we initially thought there were. <laughs> you know, yeah, we really did kind of go into this thinking, there's like 30 of them. Oh, yeah. And then, and then we like just kind of realized... There's six with a franchise with about 13 movies in it, and that's about right. it. Yeah, that's um, what we were thinking. Of. Right. Yeah. When you, yeah. When you take Friday the 13th out of it, it leaves 
surprisingly few. Well, it turns out one of them takes place on a boat, and another one is a body swapping movie, and another one takes place in space, and then Canada, and then, you know. Canada. (laughs) Canada. Vancouver. Uh, Yeah, yeah, Vancouver. Well, you know, so that was one of the things I wanted to address first, kind of the big elephant in the room, is that when we... um, you know, with our former co-host, uh, the late Peter Brackey, we did discuss the <laughs> murdering um, match. Yeah, the Friday the Thirteenth franchise, uh, and his killer, Miss Melanie Mullen, was not present for that show. Uh, so I actually wanted to give her a few minutes to go over that franchise, what she likes, what she doesn't like, what she's just indifferent about, because I'm sure that's in there too, um, because she really didn't get that opportunity, and I feel like that. You know, Mel is one of the people that we met playing the Friday the 13th game because she also happened to be a fan of horror and I assume of that franchise and so, to some degree. Otherwise, she wouldn't have been playing the game. <laughs> so I felt like it was only fair that we allow Mel to offer her opinion on Friday the 13th, uh, the Friday the 13th franchise as a whole, um, you know, because why not? I mean, it's just it's, you know, so Mel. You Friday the Thirteenth, the whole franchise. Go. Uh, well, uh, do you want me to like rank all my? Fr- well, so as I, as I recall, how we did it is we well we, we can't do it how essentially we did it because we spent a whole show on it. Right. We right, ranked right, right. we ranked each move. We ranked the franchise at each film in the franchise as a whole, our favorite to our least favorite, and then we talked about our favorite kills, our favorite final character our favorite Jason and our hopes for the franchise moving forward. Okay. So, so find some way to take all of that, wrap it into a bundle and like, you know, spend a few minutes. Okay. Well, uh, final chapter has always been my favorite, um, followed by part two. Um, I, I really do prefer Jason being, you know, mobile and actually being able to run after people. Cause it was actually, scary when he could do that mm-hmm. um i really don't know how anybody how he caught anybody um after you know you know jason lives and beyond um but i i don't really have a i wouldn't go as far as to say like i have a preference on like who plays jason because i i i could be just very naive but i i just don't think it's that hard um but uh you know well you know you put a mask on a stunt man and have him run around and you know i just don't think i think it's really more so you know the director's doing um but but part four is my favorite um but i do also really enjoy um reciting mrs Voorhees' little monologue from the <laughs> from the end of friday the 13th that's always really fun because it's so theatrical Mm-hmm. Oh, this place. <laughs> Steve Christie should have never opened this place again. Did they tell you that a young boy drowned? The counselor, he, oh, wait. D- yeah, never you mind. love doing it so much you can't remember it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you suck, Mel. Let's get her, hold on, let me get, let me get your cue cards up. <laughs> Did they ever tell yeah. you that a young boy drowned? So what's your favorite kill in the franchise, Mel? Oh, God. Who cares? Um, 
I guess, uh, I mean, the corkscrew's pretty good, even though I really love Crispin Glover and I didn't want to see him go out that way. But corkscrew was was pretty fun. That's when Jason started to get his sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was good. And then when he, like, you know, he has them, like, strung up on the door frame and then just, like, rips them down, that always kind of makes me cringe a little bit because I'm like, why? <laughs> like why'd you bother putting him up there if he was just going to get in your way More abuse that's one thing I've though. never understood is I'm like how does he have time between all these kills to be like oh I better set this body up in a fun creative way I don't know he's an I mean, artist Yeah, you, know, you gotta I mean, give him his creative license will you I mean like, that's how he gets his rocks off yeah <laughs> you know I still want to know how he, why he, how, who got that picture of him that's in the paper in Friday Five. Yeah, the, uh, you know, the those are my favorites. Up. Yeah. Well, when did Jason yeah. pose for that photo? It I came know. from the surveillance camera in the hospital from part at the beginning of Part Four. Well, when did he pose for the surveillance camera? It's a close-up photo, Kevin. <laughs> it's like he went up and went. You know, I mean, it's just like, or was it? Was there, was there a paparazzi? Just outside. Of, oh, hey, Jason Voorhees, what a scoop! And just you know, and you know, I mean, what the, what the it's one of my this? favorite. It's one of my favorite and least favorite things about about most movies and TV shows is how it's like you couldn't just get the actor to stand and take like a candid photo. You had to get a friggin' screen grab of them from like a previous yeah, a previous right. installment, yeah. like. Right. Uh, in a, yeah it's like i could go on about that for days it's pretty it's pretty funny because it's just like so lazy well they're doing that now they did it recently and i think in scream six they showed a publicity still of billy loomis from scream right. and I'm like, that's a publicity photo from the movie like, did ski Ulrich not have any pictures of him as a teenager lying around they could have just used like i mean no he didn't he had zero phone yeah, they weren't, they weren't paying like, him enough for that I guess not. I mean, it would have been, I don't know. I, I, I guess I never, up until I was an adult, I never really paid much mind that there was a perfectly good photo of Jason in the guy's wallet. I guess I just right. wasn't putting that much thought into it. But um, Oh, and, and his I, picture of Joey, who he, like, never saw. Right. But yeah. he, he had a picture of him. He has a yeah. picture of himself in his wallet. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that is that's, wor- that's worse than everything. That's fair. Yeah, that is fair. Yeah, so look uh, at that. Oh, I'm Roy. That's right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do want to throw in some defense to Part 6 uh, as far as Jason move, mo- mobility. His mobility in Part 6 was still pretty quick. Yeah. He still had up some pep in his step. Um, well, he so. just had lightning shot through his body, so he's still like, woohoo, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think there's a couple of times where he gets into a brisk jog almost. You know, he could be yeah. going a little faster. That was the one thing about him. I don't recall him ever moving particularly slow. He always seemed to have a pretty a pretty decent stride when he got moving I he, was mean, power, he was power walking that's what he was doing he's wow. sometimes not even that though he looks like what i look like when i'm walking to starbucks or something he's well, just kind well, of like that's out what you look like stroll. when you walk well, to starbucks you are you are a killer after all mel you did murder peter i did murder peter so you know there is that but um I could just picture Jason Voorhees. I'm going to get myself a Frappuccino. <laughs> so, Look at my boobs. I already know the answer to this one now, so you might as well just get it over with. What is your least favorite Friday the 13th movie? It's, I'm not going to say Jason Takes Manhattan. I'm shocked. 
No, that's not the one I'm worried you're going to say. Oh, no. Better... It's the re- the remake, 1,000%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Good the choice. remake, 1,000%. Okay. Um, even though I have I have an interesting tidbit about about that, um, I don't really I don't really know if I'm allowed to say it, but I will. Um, well, who's stopping you? Tell us. Well, you know those Friday the Thirteenth people are all very uh, lawsuit happy these days. But say it. okay, so what I was told is that um, on paper the Friday the 13th remake is actually classified as a sequel because if it's classified as a sequel, they don't have to pay out as much to the rights holders. So like Victor Miller, they were able to pay him less by classifying it as a sequel rather than a remake. Mm. So I guess it could be a remake or it could not be. I don't care. It sucks either way. So um, it's just absolutely (laughs) atrocious. And um, at least, uh, I don't know, at least in the previous films, like Jason Goes to Hell is pretty bad, but I at least like the first five minutes. Hmm. So, um, and I think, you know, they they were genuinely trying to do something different, at least. It just didn't pan out great, but... Um, I I don't know. I think Jason Goes to Hell has a lot to recommend it. In fact, there's a super documentary. Oh yes, I've heard all about this documentary, Redshirt, and I and I apologize for for speaking ill of Jason (laughs) Goes to Hell, but it does have some stuff. Like I don't I don't dislike the entire thing. I just the body swapping thing just did not pan out the way they wanted it to. But yeah, you know. But I appreciate. I thought it had a pretty good. Um, you know, I liked that it was in Crystal Lake again, which was nice. Um, and, uh, I, you know, again, I thought the first five minutes was really good. I thought it set a really good tone. Um, but then, you know, all the events after that kind of ruined it. But, um, like all of a sudden, all of a sudden there's somebody who knows that, uh, you need a certain dagger and it has to be a relative, of, like they were like going into like Halloween territory, like yeah. I'm the one who has to kill him. Yeah, well, where's well, he been the whole? I the thought whole I was a genius myself, quite frankly. <laughs> um, I'm sure you did, Red Shirt, and and I'm I'm sure lots of other people did as well. It's certainly, I mean, in my opinion, it's not the worst of the franchise. I know a lot of people feel that it is, but to me, 2000, the 2009 one is is just atrocious. I think I said this on the Friday the 13th show. I don't dislike Jason Goes to Hell as a film, but I don't think it works as a Friday the 13th film. And it sounds like maybe you and I are on the same page with that. Um, It's not a bad film, but on the ninth entry of a franchise, it doesn't quite fit. Because at that point, on number nine, we're not looking for something different. We're, We're pretty content with what we've had, so... You know, you don't need yeah. to change the the formula on part nine. That experimental kind of stuff is what you do early on to see, oh, let's see if this works. Kind of like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 did. And, you know, ultimately, even though financially it was successful and I think even critically it did okay, you know, they still opted to go back to, you know, a more basic storyline with part three of Freddy just being killing people in their dreams and nothing more. 
Um, that's where the franchise ultimately ended up staying. But um, with Friday the 13th, it's like, no, we're just here to see Jason fuck people up. Like, that's that's all we're looking for. We don't need any more than that. And uh, the only thing I, I get annoyed about it now is this whole concept that Jason's a deadite. Um, oh. Because, you know, K&B worked on the effects and snuck in the Necronomicon much like they snuck in Freddy's glove in Evil Dead 2 was a nod to Nightmare on Elm Street and the Necronomicon is there as a nod to Evil Dead, but now all of a sudden, no, it means Jason's a deadite. And it's like, no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it just means KMB had, you know, some props kicking around and thought, hey, this will be a nice little thing for the horror fans to notice, you know, and like we did on Evil Dead 2. Like no one's trying to argue that Freddy is a fucking deadite too. Like it's just it was yeah, that 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 annoys me about it, but I don't I don't hate the movie. I just wish it wasn't a Friday the 13th movie. Watch the documentary coming later this year. I'll check out the documentary, yeah. not just because oh, you directed yeah, cuz I honestly like I like I do like the movie and I think the concept is really cool. I just don't think it fits in that franchise myself, but that's me. I want to see the whole behind the whole story around the whole movie yeah i think it'd be an interesting story and i still think that the remake kevin you've have you yet to see the remake i've yet to seen it uh yeah. that's, that's one I, i'll just i won't uh refuse you're to not watch. missing much you're not missing anything but. i can't believe okay so i'm saying like oh man this movie sucks and they're like yeah damn right oh i never seen it well i know it sucks i mean you know he saved well, himself okay. two hours mel we're not telling him he's wrong <laughs> I want to hear what she thinks about part five, and it better not be bad. <laughs> Roy. Roy. What a... Ugh, man. I mean, <laughs> I I don't dislike it as much as I used to. I think a lot of my disappointment in part five is that I love four so much. And I feel like there were a lot of really missed opportunities. Unfortunately, because, you know, Friday the 13th got to this place where they were like, we have to release a new one every year. And I think it would have been a lot more fun if they waited for Corey Feldman to be done shooting the Goonies so that he could have done part five. Um, Granted, I don't know where they would have. I guess they could. I guess they could have. played more upon him potentially being you know the killer and whatnot which would be kind of dumb but whatever um but yeah i know don't love part five but i think a big part of that is is because i love the final chapter so much and so you go from this high to this like oh Like, and I'm weird... sorry. I'm sorry. A lot of the people in at Pinehurst at the <laughs> quote unquote halfway house, they were not ready for the halfway house. Well, like you're letting what... this this big guy who clearly has aggression issues. Let's have him go chop wood. <laughs> that sounds like a great task. Oh, no, nothing for him. about that. Nothing about that home made any sense because it's like you got a guy with serious anger issues. You got someone who's mentally, you know, is retarded let's face it he's not doing all that well upstairs you got him there for whatever reason and then you've got just some you got a guy who stutters because you got to put him in a home yeah you know? Right. yeah then, you know that's i then, mean why well, that's a danger to society right there right. and you got a girl you got a girl who likes to dance and wear makeup and be a bitch so apparently being a bitch puts you in there and then also where do i couple- check in <laughs> oh yeah and then of course you got the Uh-oh. two people who like to fuck a lot right. so you know there's like, so you, you, there's too the much nymphos. fucking put him in a home and so it's well, just like I don't then know. Then you got the the redheaded chick. She's clearly normal. 
She just right. likes to sleep with her top off. Yeah. Right, which is like, <laughs> I don't see the problem there. And then also, I don't really, they got Reggie the Reckless hanging around. Yeah, let's go visit Grandpa but, at the halfway house yeah, and you can just stay there. there. It's so weird. Like, it's so, like, halfway houses are meant for people who are, like, transitioning back into society. These people which are, some of those people were ready. We're fine. I think. Yeah, yeah they were, they, yeah. Some of those but there were some people. They were ready. Vic, Vic was, not. was not ready for wood chopping duty. That <laughs> that should not have been happening. And I never understood why Roy goes out of his way to kill everybody except the guy who actually murdered his son. That he well, they took him to. away. <laughs> well, you're going to follow him there, for Christ's sake. Because I mean, that's what it took for them to be like, oh, this was a miscalculation This was a part. bad idea. <laughs> he probably wasn't ready. <laughs> Like, so yeah, because like, really, you know Vic was really out of line. Yeah, he was. That would have been yeah. a that would have been a really weird angle if Corey Feldman had stuck around and they still wanted to plant that whole like, well, Tommy Jarvis might be the killer in this movie. I think you notice the height difference between Tommy Jarvis and this is very whoever's true. supposed to be Jason. Right, <laughs> it's just but, like you know, yeah, Tommy. Be much suspense. It's like, <laughs> hey. Tommy, I like that. Jason's four foot five. I wonder, <laughs> this motherfucker shrunk. Um, it's Reggie voice. the Reckless, isn't it? It's yeah. gotta be him. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've I've softened up on part five as the years have gone on, just because it, for me, all in, for all intents and purposes, it still is a Friday the Thirteenth film, and it's actually closer to a Friday the Thirteenth film to the first one than any of the other sequels are, because it is kind of a oh, it's a there's a twist at the end. It's somebody else and. You know, it's kind of a whodunit kind of a deal thing of Jason. Is he really dead or is he back? And, um, but I do know one thing that was very funny for us was when they put Roy out in the game in Friday the 13th. <laughs> Mel was very annoyed that not only did he have the same abilities as Jason in the game, but that he also <laughs> heard sense. Jason's mother's voice. Yeah, it doesn't make fucking sense. Well, it makes no fucking care. sense. He would never know. There were so, we had so many nights of tirades from Mel being pissed <laughs> off when somebody played as Roy just because he, sh- he shouldn't be able want to teleport. To he shouldn't be able to teleport. He shouldn't be able to hear Mrs. Voorhees' voice. It makes no fucking sense. He never met her. She never met him. She doesn't give a fuck. And here it is. Um, so anyway, so that's Mel's and take so on the... he's so skinny. <sighs> well, like so... you said, he's so skinny. Yeah, he's so skinny. <laughs> so oh, that's... God, he's that's, so skinny. Uh, it just makes absolutely no fucking sense. Well, like we get it. I didn't mean right. to get you off on a tirade again. I just, you know, Give thought it was Roy funny. his dues. <sighs> no, <laughs> she won't. Um, so that's Mel's take on... And we should have known his mask had the blue dashes on it. We should, the clues were there the entire time and we're all so stupid. It's true. We were. Well, I don't think anybody was really expecting them to pull that. I mean, I think that was the, I mean, it was, we're talking about Friday the 13th part five where Jason's come back now twice since the second film. So I think a lot of people's expectations were that it was Jason the entire time. And maybe when the rug got pulled out from under them, they were a little underwhelmed and felt kind of ripped off. Mm-hmm. But overall, it's still, I think Felsher's even said this before, it's still a, a large guy in a hockey mask killing people. What right. exactly did you feel ripped off about? It's still yeah. what you anticipated to get in the first place just wasn't the guy doing it that you thought was doing it in the first place. So, you know, whatever. Um, 
but Mel, do you have anything else to say about the Friday the 13th franchise before we move on to the other films in our, our repertoire this evening? Um, I mean, I'd like to know why more people were angry at Tommy Jarvis um, because Jason really was dead and then he had to go stick a lightning rod in his corpse and, you know, everybody knows that if you still stick a lightning rod in someone's corpse during a lightning storm, they're, you know, they're going to come back to life. Yeah, it's all his fault from that point on, that point forward, every day. It him. really, it really is. He really was <laughs> legit dead. This is true. That's very true. Uh, I think people have, there, there have been memes made where it shows a picture of Tommy Jarvis and it says, you know, it's and you're talking to someone who loves that. Tommy Jarvis. I love part six, Tommy Jarvis. She even made a song. She Can we hear the song? Oh, wait. Get into my tent, Tommy Jarvis. There's room for two in my sleeping bag. Get into my tent, Tommy Jarvis. We'll make love until the tent collapse. T O M M Y. It's Tommy. It's Tommy. J A R I love him. It's a catchy <laughs> song, and we've we've caught ourselves singing it on a handful yeah. of occasions. So. <laughs> that was almost an every night thing that we heard. So eventually, it's like an earworm. It just gets stuck in your head for days. I'm at work going, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. oh fuck! <laughs> what song are you humming, Chris? <laughs> well, yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, stay out of it. I don't... <laughs> But uh, no, I also am a I am a fan of uh, I am a fan of Part Six, uh, Tommy Jarvis, just because Tom Matthews is awesome, and uh, you know Return of the Living Dead alumni. Um, so you know he's my uh, I'm, I'm I'm glad that he's uh, he's embraced that role fully. He's done well, those part, two fan movies too, right? Part Five has two Return of the Living Dead alumni. So yeah, but you know they're not <laughs> yeah. both. You know, <laughs> yeah, but they're not Tommy Jarvis. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they do actually. I think I m- remember talking to Miguel Nunez about that at a show, and he he didn't he never met Mark on the set because they didn't work together, and he kind of went, "Oh shit, you're right. He is, and we are in two movies together." Like he's just <laughs> it didn't dawn on him because he he's like, "I never worked with him on that one. I never got to hang out with him because he was there for like two days, and it wasn't the days that I was there." So I was like, "Well, that makes sense. Your characters never interacted, so." You know, but um, yeah. I mean, you know, there's a couple Living Dead alumni in the Friday the Thirteenth franchise, so yeah, that's you know, that's a story for another day. Um, so I think it's safe to say we can move on to the to the the other uh, remaining films in this very lucrative and very lavish subgenre. Mm. One of my favorites. Uh, I mean, it's you know, it's it's bizarre to me because. When we were talking about this, and I know we mentioned it earlier, we really did kind of have this notion that there were a lot more summer camp slasher horror movies than there actually are. And I think I was thinking about this. Obviously, the Friday the 13th franchise takes up a bulk of that. There's 13 films right there that we kind of lump into that subgenre. But the other six or so that we've we've kind of come up with, especially like Sleepaway Camp, for example, I think that one 
stands out for a lot of reasons. Some, so, some, you know, better than others, but um, it, it it's become such a big thing, you know, that I feel like it 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 almost like in the horror genre itself, it's been parodied almost to the point where like I feel like that made it seem bigger. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's crazy that there aren't that many. I, I would have thought that I did think there were a lot more up until 15 minutes ago. Uh, so I was like, okay, well, th- th- this is it. But um, sleepaway camp. Let's 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 tackle that beast. Uh, th- did this come out? Was the burning before sleepaway camp? Or yes. Was sleepaway- okay. Yeah. Right, yes. So. What's eighty four? I think is that what it is. Eighty three, eighty four, eighty three, somewhere around there. Burning the was eighty one. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I mean. Well, what's there to say about so Sleepaway? Oh boy, Sleepaway Camp! It's a really <laughs> fucking mean movie. Mm-hmm. I watched it. I watched it fairly recently. I've seen it more than a handful of times, but I, I you know, it's not one I go back to often. Not because I dislike it, but just because like it's you know the slasher genre is not really my thing. But that's one of the ones that like occasionally I'll revisit just for shits and giggles. And I always forget how mean spirited that movie is. All around, that movie is just mean from start to finish. It is. Everybody like these these there's this girl whose name I'm fucking blanking on and I don't know how I am the bitch. Angela? What's okay? No, not Angela. The, Judy. The girl. Judy. She's just fucking She's nasty terrible. from the word from like the moment you meet her, she is just horrid the entire time. For no and reason. every time she, she yeah, she just every time she she opens her mouth, it's just putrid awfulness. And she goes and the way she says Angela's name Angela like it's just like you know although she does have one of my favorite lines in a movie ever you know she's a real carpenter's dream stiff uh flat as a board needs a good screw I'm like okay that's (laughs) I I want to use that on somebody someday I'm still waiting for my time to shine (laughs) but um you know it hasn't happened yet but uh and she does get a pretty nasty kill which is one of the only deaths in the whole movie you don't see but you like you know, full on, you see the silhouette of it happening, but when you oh, know yeah. what's happening, you're like, oh, oh, because like everybody else in this movie, you, you you pretty much get to see them get taken out, and it's 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 pretty gruesome. Uh, the deaths in this are very elaborate and very nasty. The fucking beehive. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! If I had seen that when I was a kid, I would have I would have it would have destroyed because I was terrified of bees as a child. I was mortified. Uh, I I couldn't if I heard buzzing, I'd freak out. So if I had seen that movie and saw that scene, it, I would I I would have it would have killed me. Um, I, my my fears would have been justified. But um, and he was uh, taking a shit too, so that I had to. Oh, be. he was. That was <laughs> yeah. And the <laughs> fucking cook with the with the burning water, though he deserved oh, it. Oh, pedophile. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he yeah. was. Yeah, that was a harsh one because he was deserved it. On that. Yeah. Yeah, and the blisters forming yeah. on his face, like they had the air bubbles, so they would look like they were starting to inflate, and I was like. Oh God! And they, they even um, they put something in his mouth to make his mouth look purple. They th- that makeup and that effect was super elaborate and just looked just. And the guy screaming, he sold it. It was just like, oh man, like, you know, um, yeah. There's some really nasty shit in that movie. And also, I have to say, I mean, you know, not that you run into a slasher film expecting grade A material acting wise, but the acting in this one is especially bad in a lot of ways. <laughs> There's some really terrible actors in this movie. Um, <laughs> the guy who plays Ronnie sticks out to me as just being really awful. You know, his short shorts and his and sleeveless his shorts. shorts. 
Yeah, I mean, but his all of his all of his line deliveries are just so unbelievably wooden. It's like, did anybody if somebody smacked him upside the head before each take, he'd have some emotion going through him. You know, like he just he just seemed like he was in a completely different film. I expected any time for him just to strip down and get into porn mode because I felt like this is the kind of acting you see in a porn where you have actors who aren't really actors. They're just there to fuck. And that's what this guy's here for, but no one's told him yet when to start. <laughs> so he was really terrible. But um, I did actually like um, Felissa Rose. I thought she was probably one of the stronger actors or actresses in the whole film. I mean, she was young and she kind of played this awkward. Even her body language was interesting the way she, you know, when Angela is going back up to the cabin after kind of rejecting an advance from the boyfriend, her shoulders are all crunched up. She's obviously like very nervous and very scared and. You know, that's not something you see a lot of actors of that ilk or that age really focusing on, unless it was just a specific direction given to her. But she sold it well. I mean, then, of course, there's that ending. <laughs> but um, I'll yeah. never forget watching Sleepaway Camp for the first time. I was pretty young. I think I was like 13. Um, And it was back when every weekend I went to Blockbuster and rented a new movie out of the horror section. Mm -hmm. and um i was watching it with my mom and my sister and i i had absolutely no idea that it was coming um none of us did and we all collectively just screamed when we see her my mom goes oh my god she has a pee pee (laughs) (laughs) and why was she growling that's just disturbing. Yeah. It wasn't really growling. Like it was more like hissing. hissing. Really. Yeah. 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 She, she was hissing. It's such a, it's such an interesting movie, especially like when I guess with our current times and, um, you know, back then that was really like, oh, what the fuck? Whereas yeah. today you'd be like, oh shit. Yeah. But back then you were like, oh, holy shit. Right. She's a boy, kind of like Ronnie says. <laughs> oh, she's a boy. Gosh, she's a boy. <laughs> and that was something that was just—it was. I mean, granted, the aunt was meant to be this really demented character, but I mean, like, why? Like, why? Just like we already have one boy, so another one just won't do. Why did the boy go along with this? Like, call the police, call somebody. Yeah. Why, like, pr- why let your aunt be like, yeah, you're a girl now, and that's just how it is, okay? <laughs> like, yeah. oh, okay, no, like, there's all kinds, of, you know, child protective services. I mean, that existed in '83, right? Like, something. Pick up a phone book. Yeah. I mean, maybe he just. Uh, I guess she probably wasn't mistreated so long as she just kept being. <laughs> girl oh yeah because that's just that's not abuse at all um but um you know the uh i saw it when i was a teenager on the anchor bay box set actually i picked that up on a on a whim working at suncoast it was um a used copy for like 15 bucks and i had heard of the movies but i had never seen them and i just said fuck it i'll buy the box set and um i think i watched all three of them that weekend i bought it on a friday night and i i i i, I spent a saturday afternoon kind of banging out all three of them and uh but anyway, before we get into the sequels uh kevy when did you see the first one i saw it i'm gonna say around 10 years old and i, I believe it's i want to go back to the kills 
because there's one you missed, which might be the best one in the whole movie. And I still don't know how the fuck they did it. The arrow through the neck that the main counselor guy, the camp guy gets. You remember yeah. that? Yeah. Just watch it. How the fuck did they do that? It goes through the middle hit of his neck. Oh. No cutaway. I always thought that was pretty cool. It's a great effect. The effects on yeah. it were fantastic. I, I, yeah. I, that's one thing about it that I will tell people, even if the, you don't think the movie's that great as a whole, it has some phenomenal effects. That Those, those mm. people came to work and delivered on the effects. Yeah, but other than that, we get to see... And it has some good, it has some good one-liners, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. And we get to see kids hey, Angela, get killed. Why are you so <laughs> little kids? Why are you so fucked up? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna say, Kevin? Oh yeah, you actually get uh, children getting murdered. Yeah, <laughs> and a lot of them too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So a lot of kids, and it's not pleasant either. <laughs> I mean that get chopped up with an axe. I think the most tame death in the entire film was when the girl gets killed in the shower. She just gets stabbed yeah, that's in the, the back. And the, I mean, the knife gets dragged down. But even her reaction, the, oh, ah, ah. And I'm like, oh, okay, you're not selling this at all. But whatever. It's and we fine. Get, and we get to see a whole softball game from start to finish. Yes, because yes. that was important. <laughs> that was the most intense softball game. Yeah. Like, hey. They needed to pad that movie out somehow. Like, those kids were fucking bad sports. Like, really, really bad sports. You know, the other thing that I thought was fucked up was the counselor that's friends with Judy is the one who gets stabbed. Is like, she's so intent on fucking with Angela, too. It's like, bitch, you're supposed to be the adult in this situation. She's spo- And they pick her up to throw her into the water. It's like, she, what if she can't swim and she's right. going to drown? You Like, what is wrong with you? Right. Again, this is a very mean fucking movie. Uh, Felsher, did you see it in theaters? When did you first see this? No, no. I rented the media tape uh, along with everybody. Actually, no. Excuse me. It was the Video Treasures tape. I just oh bought it because it was like nine ninety nine, And I figured at that point, I was like, I'm sure I'll love this. And then I watched it and I'm like, oh, this movie's unpleasant. <laughs> just like, this is it really, it, it was it was one of those ones where it's like, I don't like any of the people, really. And the few characters I do have sympathy for are all dead by the end of it. Right. And then the one girl I was kind of sympathetic towards, I really don't know how to feel about her at the end of the movie. <laughs> um, I actually enjoyed the sequel. Or, well, part two I enjoyed much more. Uh, three was kind I of I love bad. part two. Um, yeah. But, uh, and I really love what Pamela Springsteen brought to the role. I mean, not that I didn't like what Felissa did, but the first one was just a little bit too... You, for me, yeah. I guess I just didn't enjoy it as much as, uh, but the effects were Ed French who did the effects on that movie did a really good job, uh, yeah. like the bee, the one that the guy, and then the snake coming out of the mouth oh. at one point. I mean, all that stuff yeah. was really well done, um, but uh, I enjoyed Unhappy Campers more. And the part three wasn't very, I didn't was okay, but I wasn't crazy about, it. and I haven't honestly seen Return to Sleepaway Camp or any of the others after that. Um, I watched well, the Return to Sleepaway Camp one time and never again. Yeah. So Return to Sleepaway Camp is a is a funny animal because it essentially is a very a very um a, a more I don't want to say it's a remake. It's definitely a sequel, but it's more it's definitely more of a modern version of 
the sleepaway camp film it has all of the same elements the first film does it's very poorly acted it's very cruel but we saw it as adults so we're like wow this is terrible whereas we saw the originals when we were kids and it were younger and we could appreciate you know that a little bit more because it didn't stand out as much but in 2008 man that was a rough watch um and the kills weren't as good either yeah. i thought that 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 one kind of failed on on all cylinders my, you know as far as i'm concerned it just didn't really i remember watching it thinking oh that wasn't too bad and then i watched it again and went no wait this is terrible uh the best thing about it is that felissa rose came back to play angela again uh you know because she did say she has said in interviews that she regretted not doing the sequels that she felt like she really missed an opportunity even though she enjoys what pamela springsteen did um i think now she would have much rather preferred that she had you know taken on those movies because i would have i would have wondered too like would she have done what would she have done with those performances? Cause the character in two and three of Angela is written to be very different. Fre- yeah. yeah. Freddie Krueger S type of character with one liners and she's got a sense of humor about it. And would Felissa Rose have done it more on like the kind of fun, goofy side, like Pamela Springsteen did or was she, would she have tried well, to be I more think, serious? I think the script, I mean, certainly Michael Simpson wanted a more comedic approach to two and three. So I think the character would have been that regardless. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what Felissa would have done would have been more determined by what the script was, but, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. That's hard to, that's hard to say. Uh, I don't know the full story behind why she didn't do those movies or if she was approached and she said no, or she was approached and she did turn it down and she says she regrets it. I don't know uh, why she did, but she has said in interviews that she was, I think it was something to do with uh, school. She- college i yeah, heard she wished oh, she yeah, had done them like yeah. yeah um but I, the, one of my favorite scenes in, in part two was when the the girl um comes in to talk to angela and she's like well i went to go talk to someone so and their parents haven't heard from her boy that's strange who else did you talk to and you know angela's just looking around the cabin for a way to kill her this <laughs> yeah. entire time yeah while the whole she's time just she's like uh, rattling uh, shit off she is yeah she, She's no. testing things out like, eh, no, that's yeah, not going to work. Part two was, I thought, really, well, part three, because they filmed those movies back to back. Yeah. And part three never felt like it was fully finished. It was like, it, it, they. It I think like, two and three were essentially being made on the same budget. Yeah, they were. Mm-hmm. And yeah. part three basically got what was left The leftovers. Over. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because it doesn't feel like a complete movie to me. It feels kind of rushed, like it was extended outtakes sometimes from the second movie. Um, it's not bad. I mean, I don't hate part three, but for me, part two was a real surprise. I was actually not yeah. anticipating enjoying that movie as much. And it did capture some of the goofiness of the, that's one thing some of the summer camp movies kind of miss is the summer camp experience itself. Because mm-hmm. it also ran an afterthought. And it's like, well, you know, for those of us who have done that, it is a very interesting Thing when a movie kind of captures that to some degree right kevin what did you think of the of part two when you saw uh it? part two is my favorite one of the sleepaway camp movies nice it's, it's definitely the one i rewatched the most yeah yeah it, yeah and it's got you say uh what was her name um judy from part one yeah yeah um Allie from part two is the best bad girl yeah <laughs> i love yeah. Allie. yeah she gets uh she gets taken out in a shit house. Yeah. Yep. Uh, which that honestly, like that was the one thing about 
two that I wish they had maybe spent a little more time on that character specifically her death because she's pushed into an outhouse like you know a, a pit full of shit mm-hmm. with a stick right it's yeah. a, it's it's not even a log it is a stick a she stick. could have grabbed and went <laughs> and that would have been the end of the scene and then she could just stand there going i'm gonna wait until you leave and i'm just gonna walk away i'm gonna get out of here like you can't there should have been more to it i think her just being pushed down with a stick even though she was supposed to be drowning, but it's like, yeah, but you know, like, I mean, she's she's in a hole, like, in the ground with poop in I it. Mean, like, if, it's... You're, if you're gonna drown someone in a shit house, do it right. Right, like, just right. do I mean, something, you know, <laughs> something. Um, it would have even been kind of like, you know, interesting if Angela had like buckets of water nearby and she was just dumping it into the hole and it was filling up, and then well, she no, like, you know, the way you do it is you take the person and you pitch them head first and you hold them by the legs. Yeah, in the shit, kind of like the guy in. Uh, the the evil teacher dude in Friday Eight, you know, yeah, you put, yeah, yeah. There you, you go. Put him head first in there. You hold his legs until they drown, and then that's the end of it. You let him go, yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on, people. There's ways to do this shit. It was. It just did feel kind of lame for that nasty of a character for her death to be a little on the lame side. And I wish they had done a little more. With that being said, I still enjoy Part Two quite a bit. I don't know if um, I, I think I'm with you guys on it that I like two more than three, but I like three as well uh i certainly go back and rewatch two and three more than the first one um and a lot of that honestly i mean again nothing but love for felissa rose but it has a lot to do with pamela springsteen she is just a fucking yeah. delight she brings a lot watch. of life to that part you really yeah. enjoy she's like a horror host almost. yes you know yeah. and i really like that and i enjoyed her very very much in those movies yeah her one-liners are fantastic her delivery is fantastic she's you know she's she's just a ton of fun um now i've never sat down and watched any of sleepaway camp for the survivor the unfinished no, sequel i never i saw the footage when we put it out in the box set at anchor bay back in the day and it was one yeah. of those situations where you watch and you go i just see why this was unfinished yeah oh <laughs> yeah no you know. yeah wasn't it shot on video no it was film was it okay yeah I remember seeing stuff shot on video. Actually, you know what that was? That was somebody went out and finished. Yeah, they did it, and they shot all of the, um, they shot all that stuff on video and tried to edit it in. And I remember thinking, like, yeah, this doesn't work at all. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I, it, it's, I, I don't know if it's officially part of the series or not, but I don't think I've ever sat down and watched it or. If I did, I, wa- I watched the footage that was on that Anchor Bay set, and that was it. Me too. Um, I've seen the unrated version of Part 3, or like the uncut version, like the work print, and mm-hmm. I do wish that that footage existed in a better form so we could get a, an actual yeah, uncut version Yeah, Part 3 got three. really chopped up badly. Yeah. I mean, and and I, not I, even elegantly, just like really shitty. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awkward, because there's some great deaths in Part 3. The lawnmower, the girl on the flagpole, and again, <laughs> that's one of my, you know, my favorite line deliveries is like, you know, you're a fornicator, you're a drug user and you're real nice. And like, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's, it's fucking great. You know, she's, she has, it's a lot, it's a lot of fun. So, uh, overall the, I guess, I, I don't know if I would call it a, cause even return to sleepaway camps hard for me to lump in with these three. Cause I mean, two and like three kind of exists. I honestly forget. I completely forget about Return to Sleepaway Camp. It's to be honest, I almost did when we went to go talk about these. So bad. It's it like nothing. Nothing can save it. Felissa Rose being in it doesn't save it. 
nothing. It's it's well, just she's, so she's dis- pure disguised. Junk. Yeah. Right. It's just pure. It's pure trash. It's terrible. And you got this kid who's supposed to be like the bully slash victim, who was just terrible. terrible. <laughs> and you know, Angela in the first film is sympathetic because you know people. This she starts getting picked on right away because she doesn't talk, or she's shy. And, you know, these other girls take advantage of that and, you know, her shyness and her, her awkwardness. In Return to Sleepaway Camp, this kid's just an ass from the word go. But then again, so is everybody else. Like, it, but he's just like, he's the worst. And, like, then he has his brother who murders all of these frogs that he hangs out with because why not? Um, what the fuck did the frogs do to anybody? But uh, I'll tell you what the fucking frogs did. <laughs> over no. there uh and then you got the, that kid what the hell is the kid's name the the brother from the first movie what's the actor's name um tierston no not tierston no, jonathan I... tierston is the cousin yeah. yeah 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 he's terrible in the <laughs> in return to sleepaway camp he's so there's one interaction he has where i swear to god he forgot his line <laughs> And then remembered it a second later, and they kept the taken because there's the character says something. I think it's Angela's the cop, and he's standing there, and he's just like, "Hey, wait a minute!" And like you know, then it's like he he pauses, and then he starts talking, and it's all, I I could picture like I think he forgot his line, and they didn't realize it. I think they thought he was doing a dramatic pause, but you could tell like the light bulb went off. Oh shit, I'm supposed to talk, and uh, yeah, it, it's just not a very good entry and yeah, i like a... i like one two and three i love two and three and i like two and return to sleepaway camp i think pretty much it's shitty we all kind of mutually agree sort of forgot it existed and then you know there's sleepaway camp four that really isn't a real movie anyway so you know mm. mazel tov word um but you know since we brought up the burning earlier let's uh Let's talk about the burning because that's what we really summer film summer camp movie. Yeah, <laughs> that was her first movie. It was. It you know the burning for me works on a lot of levels, and I'm all that one actually really surprised me when I first saw because again not a slasher fan, so I was not expecting to like that movie at all, and I like I liked it a lot mostly because I they spent it. yeah. A really good amount of time developing the characters and making like them likable. Yeah, like the, kids the kids are very likable. That's, that's the good. The, the Burning is probably my favorite of those kind of movies because I like the kids. I was actually hoping, I wasn't waiting for them to die. I wasn't yeah. like, come on, hurry up, kill these fucking people already, will you? Um, I really enjoyed, and it was they were lucked out and they got some really good actors at the very early stages of their careers. Jason Alexander, Ned Eisenberg. Fisher Stevens, uh, and they're really personable people, and it really seemed like this is a like I wouldn't mind going to summer camp with these people if not for the whole cropsy thing. Right. There's uh, some gen- generally fun- funny parts in that movie, just based on the skills of of the people playing those characters. Yeah, yeah. Jason Alexander stands out in Fisher He's Stevens. So good. Yeah, yeah. He was <laughs> very funny. funny. The part where they shoot, um, oh my god, I'm blanking on the bullet. What's the guy's name? Glazer. The big guy? Glazer. Bla- when they shoot, when they shoot him in the ass with the BB gun. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. he's peacocking over Wh- there with the girls. <laughs> yeah, Weinstock. I think you got him. <laughs> like it was just, uh, it was, it, it was funny. I mean, the, it 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 really did set up 
the characters and then they start getting picked off and i can echo what felsher said you're like no yeah and i and of course um the movie's well known for having some early effects from tom savini yeah it was one of his first uh, films after friday the 13th yeah and the effects are fantastic the raft sequence in particular is very very memorable because of just how shocking and quick it is mm-hmm. you're not really expecting that to happen and <laughs> Uh, it, it, it's very atmospheric, and the director was a British director, Tony Malam, and he brought, I, I think, a very European sensibility to it, oddly enough. I mean, I think it, it doesn't feel like – it's not as cookie-cutter as a lot of the other yeah. um, camp slashers that came out in Friday the 13th Wake were. Um, and ironically, it was being confused with – because it's kind of based around the same legend as Madman. Uh, it's they, they were being filmed around the same time and they share a little bit of DNA. So it's interesting to see two different, very, very different takes on the same material uh, from two very different camps. And depending on your mileage, um, you know, one I think does a much better job of it than the other, although I think both are fun. Uh, but I think the burning is a, is a better film overall than Madman, yeah. but Madman's just so goddamn goofy uh, I don't know how you can't enjoy that. And Madman Mars, I think, makes a bigger impression to me than Cropsey ended up making. Um, but, you know. Well, it's... I remember Cropsey, when watching The Burning, there there was this long wait to see what he looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, because at that point, and I saw The Burning, it was on DVD, so it was like 2006 or something like that, whenever that MGM DVD came out with that, god awful piece of art uh, there was a period of time where i just thought mgm doesn't want to sell these movies to anybody there were some problematic um, ones and i worked on some of those so I, you know i would do the i did the burning dvd and texas chainsaw 2 and then i would get the artwork and be like did they watch this movie yeah i mean even and, and scarecrows which yeah. has plenty of great art to pick from they, they uninspired didn't. Tab, i don't know anyway but uh, so when I watched it, I wasn't, you know, I was, oh, wow, like, you know, I can't wait to see what this guy looks like. He's this horribly burned, you know, victim killer or whatever. You know, it's this is going to be pretty cool. And then you see him and you're like, no disrespect to Tom Savini, but that guy looks like a, a balloon got deflated. Right. <laughs> you know, it, it's just like half of his lips up here and like there's this t- texture thing going on and it just, it just looked very like, oh. Okay, that's not what I expected. It was also bizarre, too, that they, in a way, they're kind of following Friday the 13th, but they didn't have him wear any type of a mask. He's just mm-hmm. kind of hidden in the shadows through the whole film until the very end, and they kind of show those quick glimpses of his face as he's walking by with the torch. Right. And then you see him full on. You're like, oh, oh. You know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I do think, you know, I'm actually surprised this didn't get sequels. Or a that's sequel. what I was about to say, yeah. Um, Mel, you haven't chimed in on the burning that much. What do you think of the burning? I fucking love it. Um, <laughs> I absolutely love the burning. Um, I love showing it to people um, because everyone typically agrees, like, oh yeah, well the acting in it is actually pretty good. Like they have a, like the cast is like very solid. And speaking about like kids getting killed at camp, holy shit! Yeah. Like that raft scene is insane. Yeah. Um, but no, I absolutely love it. I mean, it's totally a Friday the thirteenth knockoff, but I think it's it really is in and of it like by itself, it's 
a very worthy horror film. I, I think it's so much fun. Um, I, I still don't really know what the deal was. What's his character's name? Is his name Arnie? It, mm-hmm. Bri- Brian back. Yeah, I still like never figured out why he was so fucking weird, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and then all the stuff with Glazer is like really funny. But um, but no, I just love it. Jason Alexander's is hilarious. Uh, like, yo, I'm talking to her. <laughs> oh, can I talk to her too? <laughs> and just like I like it when they're he's, looking at the centerfold, and she's like, "God bless her mom and dad." Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's just like, and it's so funny because like Jason Alexander looks so young in that, and it's yeah. like only seven or eight years later that he started doing Seinfeld, I know. and he yeah. looks like completely he's like twenty-one. Different. He looks yeah, I mean, he looks yeah. so young in The Burning. And it's like, what happened? But no, I, I I absolutely love it. Um, yeah, yeah. He still had hair, which like de-ages him by like a good fifteen years. Right, right. So, um, but yeah, and then you know, of course, you have Fisher Stevens before he did the very problematic uh, role in Short Circuit. Yeah, and but now he's on Succession and he's great, so it's fine. Um. But so um, now everything's fine. Yeah. So yeah. now it's okay. Yeah, yeah. he's in a fine. good show. Hey, and I love a, Short Circuit for the record. He has apologized to Short Circuit recently, but he did say that before he played that role, he spent a great deal of time learning about the culture, and he spent a great deal of time with people of that descent to learn how they they spoke their dialect to respect it, because he even knew I think at that time, this might be wrong someday. Right. But I'm an actor who needs to eat and I'm getting offered a role and god damn it he's funny. He's really good in both he's, those movies. He's hysterical. Yeah. The, the the fucking the the thing where uh the guy, a guy says, you know, what happens if this thing, you know, takes out a busload of nuns? What would the headline say? Nun soup. And it's just like <laughs> Great. Okay, I love it. Where are you from? Bakersfield originally. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, I mean, you're, oh, you mean like my relatives, your ancestors? Oh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. I, I don't know. I found that performance very, very entertaining. But I understand why. But for me, it was like, I thought it was a very. I mean, he's a scientist. Yeah. He's, you know, I don't know. I thought it was a positive. But then again, it's, I guess it's not my place to say. Yeah. Um, but it never colored my. It's not like I, I, I looked at all Indian people through the lens of that performance about what they're all. You know, I didn't make any judgments about it or anything. I don't know. I got to be honest. When I saw him in Hackers, I was thoroughly confused because yeah. I grew up thinking he was an Indian well, I saw, actor. Well, when I saw The Burning, it was after Short Circuit. Yeah. So I, when I saw Fisher, I said, oh, that guy's in there? And I kept waiting to see him. And I'm like, where the fuck is he? I don't see him anywhere. And then, then later on, I was like, oh, that's who it was? It's like, yeah. uh-oh. Okay. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because in Hackers he had a beard, so he and and the burning he doesn't have the facial hair, so it's you might have you know you might have blink and you'll miss him and not realize it's the same guy. But in Hackers he had the beard and he started talking, and I'm like, huh? I'm sure I'm going to be canceled for what I just said. So that's nice. nice. we're fine. We're fine. (laughs) But not not to get on a tangent on short circuit, but you know, 
Viva La Fisher Stevens. Um, yeah, we we support you, <laughs> uh, but um, but uh, yeah, uh, the burning is is one of is probably it's up there for one of my favorite entry or examples of a sort of summer camp slasher. Um, you know, it, it it does work on a lot of levels that a lot of other slasher movies in general just don't. Uh, as we've all kind of said, acting is not the strong suit that slasher films tend to have. So this one having a really strong cast and a, and a, and a decent setup uh, really helps it stand out as being one of the better ones. Um, you also had was... Holly Hunter, too, in a role Small that role. Pra- almost had no lines. There, well, I don't yeah. think there were any lines. If I, recall. I mean, you see her basically in the background a few times. Well, I mean, and, I'll yeah. be the first to admit I'm not a huge Holly Hunter fan, but she's she's accomplished a lot in her acting yeah so well i think there were a lot of people in that film that went on to do other things outside and i mean slasher horror films i mean fuck he knows you're alone tom hanks like there's you know friday the 13th kevin bacon uh nightmare on Elm street johnny depp like there's horror and slasher kind of did at one point go hand in hand with like yeah you see this is where this person got started so you know just because it's a horror film or a slasher film doesn't mean you're no, this is all you're ever going to do. Your career is what you make of it, and the more opportunities you have in your career, the better you could potentially be. Um, you know, but that's why I never really understood why, the, as a whole, the you know, Hollywood in general looked down on this genre. It's like a, a lot of the money that exists in your world is because of this genre, and a lot of the talent you have that went on to become big names exists because somebody in the genre took a chance on him and nobody else would um so i wish there was more appreciation for but that's a story we can get into another day but uh the burning kevin i'm sorry did you say anything about the burning before i I have not i have not um i got a good uh funny story about the burning does it involve Um, somebody who lives down the street from you no okay i have to double check well my parents were watching it turned out to be the burning a movie one night and um, I was supposed to be in bed, but I could crawl down the hallway. And I noticed they was watching a horror movie. So, of course, I was hiding and watching it. They didn't know I was there. So the raft scene came. And when the, when the, when he killed everybody on the raft, I kind of let out a holy shit. And they found me. <laughs> <laughs> Go to bed. <laughs> but I didn't know till years later after I bought the DVD that y'all was talking about. that Oh, yeah, that's that movie. I never, mm. I never could, I never knew the name till I got the DVD. So that's that's one of my top slasher movies of all time. I'm just I picturing like young Kevin going, "Holy shit!" in the yeah. corner. <laughs> Holy my, shit. shit! My dad, go to bed. <laughs> Running back down the hall, jumping the bed. <laughs> Screw you, Dad! I heard Beast Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. Nah. <laughs> I was looking for titties. Well, I saw them. I saw titties. That was one of the things that I remember when I was younger, um, not to go off too much here, but my uncle and his friends rented Hellraiser. And they were watching it down in his bedroom. And he had this huge TV, and it was like a finished basement. And I had to use – there were two bathrooms in the house. One was upstairs, one was down. The upstairs was being used. I went downstairs to go use his. And, like, they they stopped the movie – they turned the lights on and like, cause they didn't want me to see it. And I couldn't understand it because I, I was already into horror movies and I'm like, 
I even remember saying to them at one point, I don't think there's anything in this film that I've never seen before or movie. I didn't say film. I was too young, but whatever. Uh, and I just remember them not wanting me to see it. And like, I, I got a glimpse of it through the crack door when I left. I waited like 30 seconds. They turned the lights off and turned the movie back on. And I kind of peeked the door open a little bit and saw like, I think it was Julia covered in blood or something like that. Or it might have been Frank. I can't remember. And then like my uncle like stood in front of the door and said, what are you doing? And slammed the door. And I'm like, <laughs> I always, I, but I felt like Hellraiser was like this incredibly graphic just too much even for me kind of a horror film for most of my life and then i saw it and i went those assholes wouldn't let me watch this <laughs> and i was just like i mean i liked it but i was like damn so there is something to be said for that type of a memory where you're you see something at a young age that's that maybe shocks you or seems sort of taboo so you might spend more time away from it but I don't know. That was a weird one for me where they, I just, once I finally saw it, I was like, yeah, I, I could have handled this. This is fine. And I probably would have appreciated it more if I'd seen it when I was a kid. Cause I didn't see it till I was much older and I still liked the first film, but I, I feel like I might've loved it if I'd seen it when I was younger, but you know, I don't know. Hindsight's always 2020. 20. I still yeah. like the movie, but yeah. What are you going to do? Uh, all right. So this one's Kevy's favorite. I know that the Madman. Ah, uh, yes. mad, madman. Mad Sing it, Mel. Does Mel know the Madman song? I don't think she. I does. don't know. I've only watched Madman once, and it was a while ago. Oh. Um, Have you reenacted the, the hot tub scene? Well, the hot tub scene is the most romantic scene in movie history. Well, the hot tub scene is relatable, but other than that, <laughs> other than that, um, eh. It's uh, it didn't leave much of a mark for me. Yeah, snooze. No, no, we're not bringing it, it, snooze back. No, we're not doing it did, that. It didn't. Uh, it didn't leave much of a mark for me personally, just because it just was not very well shot. But you know, Aye. that's okay. Aye. Oh, what are you getting offended by, Kevin? You didn't make the fucking thing. Uh, I like it. <laughs> It's nice to see that Galen Ross is now fully embracing it at conventions, apparently, or at the very least acknowledging she made the movie. Yeah, for a while she didn't. Yeah. And it's very difficult for you to be like, I'm not in that, and they're like, here you are. That's not me. <laughs> no, that's, that's Alexis, you. That's Alexis Dubin. That's somebody completely different. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was bizarre. I don't know what got her to kind of come around on it. But even when she talked about it on the Vinegar Syndrome disc that they just put out, she didn't speak ill of it. She didn't, and she never explained, like, this is why I kind of tried to bury it. She just said that she actually had a decent time making it and remembered it was very cold, but everybody was really cool and very professional. And so I'm sitting there going, like, well, then what the fuck has been the problem for the last 35 years? What what was your deal with this movie then? And I, 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 I don't know. Part of me wants to, like, ask her the next time i see her and be like okay so it's great that you're finally accepting of it but why did you spend all this time not wanting anything to do with it were you yeah. was it because it was a slasher film and you were you were afraid that you know because you, you, you your titties were in it your titties are in dawn of the dead too but like you, <laughs> you know you, you, you embrace the fuck out of that movie but she, uh she told me she had a decent time making it but i think it was just a matter of it just wasn't at the end of the day a film that she looked back and went kind of oh god that's not something i really want to be known for or something i don't know 
Yeah. I don't know. But I think at some point, maybe she just kind of lightened up on it. I've always gotten along really well with Galen, and I, you know, she's been always very sweet with me. But there was a period there where she refused to, she wouldn't even sign anything if you brought anything yeah. to her from Madman. Um, but, you know, she's talking about it now. So I think maybe she's just kind of like, the hell, you know, it happens sometimes when people, they're just like, the hell am I being so uptight about this for? You yeah. know, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, if if people if people keep coming to want to talk to me about this, something something about the movie must have worked, yeah. you know. Right. You know. I mean, at the end of the day, it's something. It it's something. She she did, and it's something that you know. It's obvious she's in it. It's like you know. I don't know. I just. I can understand if she did only that and went. Yeah. No, I'm good. And never, no one ever heard from her again. And then somebody someday found her, and she went, "No, that that was a lifetime ago. It's a whole life. I don't want anything to do with." But she still did con. She still openly discussed Dawn of the Dead very, you know, much. And Madman was available. People saw it. People knew it was her. And her, you know, kind of turning her back on it just seemed kind of odd. But anyway, the the movie itself is, I think, is most, you know, it's 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 fine. <laughs> it's not it's, it's not one of my favorites, but um, I do think it has one of the most hysterical scenes of a person trying to hide from the killer ever where somebody empties out an entire refrigerator <laughs> just I'm like what's, what's funny about that <laughs> like everything like the killer's not gonna notice all the shit on the floor going well well gee i wonder where the hell she could have gone you know like the fucking shelves and the ketchups <laughs> everywhere it's just like why the refrigerator like open a window and crawl out like i don't know i i just I just I thought that was a very odd choice. <laughs> it also doesn't really have much of an ending, as I recall. It just kind of fizzles out and ends. I don't remember it having a very memorable ending. I don't even really remember. It's been a long time since I've watched Madman. Maybe they just want uh, to leave it open for a sequel. But so you could still end your fucking movie, can't yeah. you? No, I just all I Madman for me, what strikes out is the look of Madman Mars, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. And, and that damn hot tub scene. Jesus Christ. It's one of those ones where it's like, wow, they really thought they had something hot as hell here. And this is the worst romantic scene I've ever seen in a movie ever. It is just it's so laughably overdone. And I think the the, the actor who was in the scene was the one singing the song, wasn't he? That was playing. He might well, have been. I, I, I think no so. Idea. None of the kills stand out for me either. I don't remember. Not really. Yeah, I don't. Decapitation um, by Truck Hood. That was pretty good. Well, yeah. You can't go fun. wrong with that. Yeah. Unexpected, but also not like. I don't know. Like it, I, I, I remembered it because you said it. Yeah. But before that, I was like, I think somebody gets their throat slashed. I think there's. One guy gets picked up over hit Madman's head. Does he it get breaks his back? Breaks his back and does the you know the knee thing. But I'm like, yeah. I don't. I mean, I, I there was a period where I didn't like the movie at all. I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, wow, this is terrible. Um, it was I I I, I gave the DVD away. It was one of the few DVDs that I just didn't even want to hold on to. Hmm. And then a friend of mine really wanted to watch it he had seen it when he was a kid and he he remembered liking it and i remember telling him no it's really it's pretty terrible you probably wouldn't like it now if you haven't seen it since you were a kid i was yeah but i want to watch it again like it's you know he was trying to like sow his oats and revisit some movies from his childhood so i ended up tracking a copy down for him because the anchor bay dvd was long out of print and the the code red disc that had come out was also out of print so it was not an easy movie to track down at the time 
But I eventually found a copy and I brought it to his house and we watched it. And I remember thinking, well, okay, this isn't this is pretty decent actually. It's not as bad as I remember. It's still not great, but it's it's a little better than I thought it, I remember it being. And then I watched the Blu-ray and liked it, you know, about the same. And I think the 4K, I'm still like, yeah, it's it's fun. It's not, it didn't rock, rock my world or anything like that. But it's serviceable for what it is, and it's a quick 83 minutes. I think I don't even think it's. I think it's barely 90 minutes, if that. Yeah. Um, it moves along pretty quickly for a slasher movie. It doesn't really take a long time to get to people getting killed. Um. And none of the characters stood out as being overly annoying or unlikable. Uh, they were all just kind of... Maybe that's the issue. All the characters are just very painfully generic. Mm-hmm. Nobody really stands out as being anything other than there. Well. Yeah. Kevy. What, what I like about it is I think it's got a creepy, creepy atmosphere from the very opening. The outside's campfire story the song it even it even shows you every kill in the first five minutes of the movie you notice that during the campfire scene it does which is kind of weird that's an art weird artistic choice to make yeah i still love it though (laughs) i know mad Mad mars is badass aren't they making a sequel Aren't they making a sequel? They've been threatening a sequel or remake for a while now. Um, I don't know what's happening with that. Yeah, the do producers you think, want to do it. Do you think the burning would ever get a sequel at this point? Probably not. Remake, maybe. I don't know uh, what. They, I don't I know. I hope the, not. Yeah, and I don't know if the Weinstein's held on to any remake rights to that or not, or. If, mm. Well, I mean, even if they did, uh, they're not making it. So yeah. You know. Yeah, I'm. Well, even if they did hold on to anything, I they sold off all their stuff hmm. I, believe. I wouldn't mind seeing it get remade only just to see um to see if a sequel a franchise comes of it because i think the character could could have benefited from a sequel or two I mean, or, if they want to do a remake or a sequel let them like i i'm so not in that mindset anymore of like oh you ruined the original because the sequel sucked and like, I'm so not of that mindset anymore. Like, I just don't think, like, it's not like it unmade the original. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just am like, yeah, do whatever the fuck you want. That, that's like the mindset I'm in now. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I don't know if The Burning has enough name value to justify a remake, to be honest, because it wasn't, it wasn't a franchisable property. It, it. I think even that title, The Burning, was used for a couple of other movies. I think Don't Go in the House in the UK is called The Burning. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a couple other mo- Like, there was a Lifetime movie called Just Burning, which, you know, again, like, sure it's not the same. The Burning Dead? That's one of them. Um, well, they, can just, they can just call it Cropsy. Yeah, I actually, I think there has been. There's a movie called Cropsy. But there is a movie called Cropsy, yeah. Bring Jason Alexander back. I know, oh, I'm sure they'd all come back. Yeah, he could be. He could be coming back for revenge. Yeah, he, could, he, he, could he have died. A cameo. No, he no, didn't. He didn't. No, he didn't. Not, no, he he didn't, didn't not. Not. Fisher Fisher Stevens died. Okay, right. he Stevens. wasn't on the raft. Okay, he yeah. Yeah. In yeah. The Fisher movie. Stevens, Ned Eisenberg, and a couple of the girls were there. Yeah, um, but no, he never died. Larry okay. Joshua died. I mean, a whole bunch of them. You know, the other thing about the burning, I know we're backtracking a little bit here, but I thought it was great was even Glazer, who's kind of like the big dumb jock. 
isn't a bully. He's just a big dumb jock. Mm-hmm. He's just like really he, stupid. Yeah, yeah, he just he doesn't come across <laughs> as like an asshole. He's just an idiot who's got more brawn than brains. And so in a way he's like he's not unlikable. Like he's just like, oh, this guy's just he's 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 just an idiot um who just wants and to get also laid. Clearly too old to be there. Oh god, yeah. yeah. And these were all 40. new here's the funny thing about the uh the um the burning is there were so many New York actors all cast on that because they you know obviously they shot it on upstate New York. Just about every one of those actors, by and large, you'll find on multiple iterations of Law and Order. Yeah, Larry Joshua played Glazers on there a bunch of times, and then uh, Ned Eisenberg was on Law and Order a bunch of times. I mean, they're all. It's like they. It was like almost like someone in central casting over at Law and Order. We got to get all the burning people. Right. <laughs> we got to get them all in here somewhere. That's kind of how it is with uh, Sleepaway Camps two and three. Because those were filmed in Georgia. Mm-hmm. So if you watch any... So, like, you know, I love the show In the Heat of the Night. Oh, yeah, and, they're all on there. Oh, my God, they're all on there, like, <laughs> multiple times. So it was actually kind of fun when I interviewed some of them um, for the Sleepaway Camp documentary. But um, because I got to ask them what, like, Carol O'Connor was like and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So... Yeah, it's... uh. It's interesting when you, I, I I liked watching random TV shows and seeing people I knew from horror movies in the TV show because I could be like, oh my god, I know who that is. Like, perfect example: Amelia Kincaid and the Golden Girls. I'm like, oh my god, Angela's in the Golden Girls. I, that was before I knew that she was Rue McClanahan's niece. And don't you forget it. I won't. She'll um, never let you. She won't um but watch it i was like oh shit like that's angela like and even in like other movies like my best friend is a vampire she's in that but like seeing them in tv there was just like it was like so unexpected like i remember seeing that person in this horror movie actually it was funny when we interviewed janelle allen she was on an episode i think of 911 if i remember right yeah i think it's 911 i'll have to double check her imdb but anyway the night we did her interview, I went upstairs. I was hanging out, and the night one one was on TV, and my brother and my mother were sitting there. And there's Janelle Allen, and I'm like, mm. I just talked to her. That's Janelle. <laughs> Allen. They were they were like, Are you kidding? And I said, No, she was just on our podcast. Um, she did a movie called The Midnight Hour back in like '85, and they're like, Oh, we remember that movie. I said, Yeah, that's fucking her. I just I just talked to this woman. She's at spin class right now. Person that's there, the person that I was talking to back there. They're in two places at once. How? (laughs) Hey, you know what? It was uh, was fun and interesting experience, but whatever. Uh, Has anybody here actually ever been to summer camp? I wish. It's not a big West Coast thing. I have. What was it like for you? My memories of it, it was it was uncomfortable because I didn't know any of the kids there, really, at all. Um, I think there were some people from my class, but I wasn't really... It, it happened the first year I moved to North Carolina after being in California. So I was had only been... I had only been in North Carolina for maybe six months. So I didn't even really know any of the kids at the, at the school, and I didn't know anybody at the camp. So it was just kind of like, I don't know who these fucking people are. And you do you sleep in a big open 
it's just like in the movies you sleep in this big open cabin with bunk beds and shit like that and it's just kind of uncomfortable but i do remember um having to do rock climbing which i was really good at actually and they they attach a safety wire to you or harness to you and a cable that goes way up the side of the cliff or whatever you're climbing and you just scale the mountain and i remember at one point they ask you to test it out and kind of let go of the rock and just sort of dance on the rock letting the the, the cable hold you mm-hmm. now i think about that going i was a fucking idiot (laughs) trust these people i mean there was just that thing had snapped i would have been dead but i did that and then there was one where you climb up a tree and i got really scared like get me down from here it's too high and then you have to grab on so it's like a zip line thing and you grab onto handles and you zip uh zip down and fall into the lake um looking back at it, a lot of that stuff was incredibly dangerous the stuff that we did <laughs> um i'm stunned that no one got seriously maimed injured or killed uh, but i i don't have a whole shit ton of memories but they were um not the worst but i would i do remember when i got home as i never want to do that shit again <laughs> that, was, that was just like okay i did it once i've done the requisite summer camp thing don't ever send me but i know my parents just like get him out of the fucking house so we only have one kid in here to deal with. And I was like, oh, thanks a lot. I don't remember how long it was. I was maybe a week, maybe two weeks. I, I don't remember. It wasn't. All the ones you see in the movies, they're like six week summer camps. Or oh, something. I don't remember mine being that long. I don't remember. I don't recall it being. Maybe I've just blocked it out. Um, yeah. And there were no sexual exploits of any kind. God damn we it. Were, we were only, <laughs> I was 12, I think, when I did this. How old was 13? I was 13, 14. So I could have, you know, but no one was trying to get with me uh, at that age. So it was just kind of like, um, <laughs> and there were no amorous uh, uh, camp counselors there that were out to, you know, score some action with the kids that I'm aware of. <laughs> you know. Uh, all right, which which one of these guys can we fuck? I mean, it was a little like, problematic. No, oh, it God. wasn't any of that. Not, there was none of that going on that I was, at least no one came after me. I don't know if, if that if that happened with any of the other kids. And But, uh, yeah, it was. Um, there was no murders, huh? That I'm aware of. No. <laughs> damn it. No. That would have livened things up for damn sure. But yeah. No sex. No death. No, no sex. No, again, not from my perspective. I don't know what was going on in some of the other cabins on the property. Oh, there um, were people getting it on. Oh, I'm sure there were. I'm sure there were. But again, I, I was not chief on the list of people who wanted to get involved in such activities. So it was uh, it was a very chaste experience for me in most regards. But I, I don't. All I want to do is make special features content for sleeping yeah. camp. I just want to go out and make. I just want to make interviews for DVDs. <laughs> they don't exist yet. What are you talking about? I know what I want to do. I'm going to direct a movie about Jason goes to hell someday. That movie isn't going to be made for another 20 fucking years. Okay, all right. Jamie Boy, I'm so sorry. Yeah, my, my right. mom, Is anybody getting molested here? <laughs> Is anybody at all? My mom tried to get me to go, uh, well, tried to treat me into going to Bible camp, and I said, fuck that. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, man. She's like, you want to go to camp? I was like, sure. 
Then Bible close camp? To, no. Closer it got, I realized it was Bible camp, and I said, no. <laughs> that would have made camp. that would have made that experience. And even I'm like, worse. you don't even go to church. <laughs> what are you trying to send me to Bible camp for? She's like, because I'm worried because you're the Gaffney Strangler, <laughs> Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, just. Uh, uh, yeah. I never went to summer camp, but I had friends that did, and I remember being bummed that they were gone for like two or three weeks at a time because they were, would be gone right. for that time frame. And I remember asking once about going to summer camp because when you're, you know, when, when you're a kid, you don't realize that things cost money uh, like that. You just, I, I think I just kind of had assumed it was something like schools did, like you could send your kids to summer camp and like the school took care of it. Because kids from school I know were going, so I thought it was just something that, you know, everybody just kind of got to do, not realizing, no, you have to pay for your kid to go to summer camp, and you have to pay a lot of money for your kid to go to summer camp, and uh, we've got a summer camp in the backyard, it's called Two Acres of Land in the Woods, have a great time. Um, So we really never got to uh, experience the summer camp vibe, but, um, you know, I mean... Maybe someday I'll st- I can still go to summer camp. I'm almost, you know, I'm a full grown adult. I can still. I can, you won't I, it, enjoy. It, you will not enjoy it. I'm glad I did it when I did it, just because I didn't have any life experience to know that this was really not a very good thing to be doing. Yeah. Uh, and it's like your your parents send you somewhere. So what are you going to do? You know, not go. Yeah. And, and I, there's like I said, those activities are things I would never want to do now as an adult. <laughs> They got me when I was 13 years old and too stupid to realize that this is remarkably unsafe yeah. and uh, just not really a good idea. Hey, we're going to put you on the safety line. and The guy who's going to be watching it, uh, spotting you, is some dude that we just got volunteered from the local town. And uh, we want you to <laughs> let go of the rock about 30 feet up and just dance around on the cord to prove how good it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I'm sure there are a lot more safety regulations now, but my thought process is I'll go and I'll liven up the camp by murdering a bunch of people. Well, they're going to know it's you. They're not going to know it's me. I mean, I'm going to pull on Angela and, you know, wear a wig and pretend to be a girl the whole time. They do have adult summer camps. I'm sure they do. Um, But they're only like a few days long. But I mean, like, I I feel like if I do that on a bet, are you kidding me? No (laughs) way. I feel like if I went to a summer camp as an adult, I could just pretend it's 1982 and I'm playing a teenager. But like, I know I'm, I know I'm almost 40, but I can pass for 18, right? All right, cool. Yeah. Let's do this. Uh, you oh know. yeah, you can totally pass for 18. Oh, listen, if I, I can't the- tell you how bad I want to do like a 21 Jump Street, like I want to see like, am I like I know I'm 35, but will do i look 35 to all these like i will look older like that is that's that that's a given but like will they know that i'm 35 if i like went to a high school and was like what's up dudes oh yeah i'm sure yeah if you just want hey dudes what's up what's shaking here in the hallways of granville usa hi wow she she should just walk and be like what's up fellow high school students like (laughs) just like you know that should be her fucking lead in line you're gonna slip into my dms on my texting on my phone and (laughs) facebook and myspace maybe (laughs) anyone want to try the new tiktok trend (laughs) yeah uh there's uh they're gonna be all like narc and then uh, i end up being crowned prom queen 
yeah. and then someone dumps Pink's blood on you, and you're like, I knew it. <laughs> there were a lot of movies that that did that, and not even just in horror. Well, obviously not really in horror, but like just one of the guys never been kissed. Like, granted, like you know, just one of the guys that's supposed to be she's supposed to be a teenager going to a different high school, but. As an adult, my thought process is always like, there's paperwork involved with transferring to a high school. You can't just show up and start going no. to class. People Especially, are going to start asking questions. Yeah. Someone's going to go, who the fuck is this? Right. Like, and why yeah. don't I have him on my attendance sheet? Why is he not registered in any class? <laughs> like, there's going to be people wanting to know what's up. Well, like, um, I remember hiding out with John Cryer. Yeah. And it's like, he, the guy looked 30. <laughs> and it's just like, but you know what? That's still a problem. I mean, it's not the same situation, but you know, that movie Dear Evan Hansen that came out not long ago. Yeah. The actor they played, and he played him on stage, so they got him to do it for the movie, but he looked like a 40 year old walking around. And they cast age appropriate actors for everybody else. Right. So it was just weird. It's just like, okay, there's like this 40 year old guy wandering around pretending to be an 18 year old, and it's a little bit weird and uncomfortable, and I don't. It's like if you're gonna either cast cast all the actors that way or don't. I mean, you can't you can't just ugh, sometimes. Well, and, yeah. What was a bizarre thing to me is when I watch a lot of movies that take place in the '80s, especially ones that center on teenagers. I always felt like that teenagers were much older looking than they actually were when I was a teenager. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. But definitely. here here's here's the rub I have with that is one of the movies that i i love has a cast of mostly 20 somethings playing teenagers except for one girl who's 15 years old Mm -hmm. she was um she was an actual teenager when they made the film everybody always pegs her as the oldest member of the cast (laughs) and it's like but she was an actual teenager so it's really stands to reason for a lot of people to go just assume that they're all 20-somethings. Everybody's 20-something. But the fact that she's always pegged as the oldest really surprises me because I'm like, she's actually the youngest member of the entire cast. She was the only one who was under 20. Mm-hmm. Um, so, even I think in, uh, in Video Dead, Rocky was 16, and everyone thought he was 20-something years old. And I'm like, he's he, but he was an actual teenager. He, he got that movie through a, a high school drama class that went to go audition for the film. They sent actors out from the high school, and he was one of the people who went out for it. But everyone always says he looks like he's 28. I'm like, but he was 16. So I, I think in the 80s, and this might just be, you know, I don't know, maybe it's just wishful thinking on my part, justification. Teenagers just looked older. They just had this art. They just, I mean, growing up in the 70s, in the 80s was hard, man. You know, a lot of drugs and alcohol smoking people just age differently now you got 30 somethings that look like they're 12 yeah it's confusing everybody looked older especially in the 80s yeah not just just teenagers i know i see pictures that like when i watch a movie and someone's like oh this person's 35 and i'm like why do they look like they're 70 yeah (laughs) holy shit that's 35 from 1982 Hmm. ah hell but you know, yeah, but whatever. Um, there is one more kind of summer camp-ish night uh, horror movie that we haven't brought up yet. It's a newer one, and it's kind of a spoof, uh, a, a mirror, if you will, of of, of self reflection of this you know slasher uh, camp genre, uh, which is the Final Girls. 
um, or the final girl. The final girl or final girls? girls. Final girls. Thank you. Uh, this one's actually a lot of fun, and it's more supernatural, which is maybe why it doesn't really get lumped into this category because it really does sort of like a horror l- version of Last Action Hero, where these you know kids get sucked into a movie at the theater that's a cheesy '80s summer camp slasher, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I don't know if you guys seen this one. Has everybody here seen this? I saw it when it first came out, but I it's been a while. I have not seen that movie yet, unfortunately. I remember liking it, and I need to probably watch it again. Mm-hmm. Mel, I didn't see it either. I I tend to every time I watch like a modern day slasher, I'm just so used to being disappointed that <laughs> I kind of stopped bothering. <laughs> well, fair enough. Um. It's actually a pretty well-made little movie. Uh, it's got, you know, a good cast, good actors. It's, I mean, the only thing that I think kind of puts it in a lesser camp is it came out, obviously, after Scream, and it kind of does the meta thing, like, you know, sort of how Scream does it. You know, you have the one guy who's the obsessive fan who knows all the ins and outs of the movie and the other people who are just sort of there for the ride. Um, and it sort of paints itself as a Scream knockoff in that regard. When it does have a little bit more to offer in the sense that, like, there's a character in the film, her mother died of cancer, but she's an actress in these movie in the, these movies or in this movie. So when she gets kind of sucked into the movie, she's alongside her mother who's playing, who's, you know, in the film as an actress, you know, playing a character. So there's this kind of really sweetness to it where she's like trying to wrap her mind around the fact that this is her mother, but it's not her mother because it's, you know, she was she's a character not her real mom but you know there's there's some good stuff in there that that i i liked and i was pleasantly surprised by um you guys should definitely check it out it's pg-13 which is bizarre because i really Hmm. thought they would have gone for a more kind of gory slasher out but i think the goal was to make a more of a spoof than anything but um so you know the gore didn't wasn't necessarily an element they needed to have but um you know it's a good little movie. I mean, you know, check it out. I mean, yeah. I think you guys would like it. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, you know, well, summertime is here and we're ready for uh, it to get hotter out, I think. I don't know about you guys, but I've already got my air conditioner installed. I have a window unit that I put in mid-May every year. Uh Michigan weather right now is very schizophrenic. It's 80, it's 60, it's 60, it's 80. It's just like mm-hmm. yeah. my, so I have my thermostat set to heat and cool, and I swear to God, I can hear a fist fight going on <laughs> in the thing. It's just like, no, we're going to cool it. No, we're going to hot it. No, it's heat it. Cool it. Ah! Yeah, you New know. England's getting like that now, too. We're, New England, we've had a really weird uh, weather pattern in the last, I don't know, I'd say, I'd say uh, probably 10 years, maybe a little less than that, but we used to get winter spring summer fall winter mm-hmm. that was kind of our 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 mantra and then it was winter swing summer, summer yeah and then Boom, winter. winter yeah yeah um no fall fall just got skipped again so but this year we got no winter we got three inches of snow and now we're getting spring for the first time in 10 years where it's like 70 degrees during the day 50 degrees at night it's wonderful 
Mm-hmm. But then there were like two weeks where it was 93 out. Yeah. Then I'm like, I think New England got confused. <laughs> they thought, oh, wait, summer's supposed to be here. Oh, shit, it's spring. Wait, go back to summer. So. Well, I've had my air on since March. Yeah, you live in the south. I mean, yeah. you guys have the, the hot, the heat all the time. This, you know, that's, that's part of the south. It's, mis- it's miserable. Yeah, we kind of have. We're going through one of our yo-yo weather phases mm-hmm. right now, which really wreaks havoc on my sinuses. When we do like one week, it's in the 80s, and then the next week, it's like 15 to 20 degrees cooler again. Um, my body just like doesn't know how to respond to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I just end up being dead. <laughs> but at least you work from home. So if you don't need to leave your house, you don't have to. Yep. Yes, that is, uh, that is very nice. It is a benefit of working from home. Um, are there any other like summer themed horror films that you guys well, would recommend for like, uh, a hot, crispy day sitting inside with the AC cranking. Maybe you don't want to go anywhere, but. Um, I thought uh, Fear Street, was it Fear Street 1984? Mm-hmm. Or was it 1978? park where the camp from jason lives is at but i think they use there's like two campgrounds and i think they used the other one Mm. Uh, but that was fun that was definitely my favorite of all the fear street uh installments Hmm. i haven't seen seen any of them yeah, I would absolutely. I would recommend just for shits and giggles rewatching Adam's Family Values. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. it does have um, a summer camp sequence in it, which is probably my favorite summer camp sequence ever. Yeah, it is uh, very funny. It is very funny, and it's just it's very wicked and twisted, and uh, actually in a very strange way, I relate to that because it that those scenes remind me a little bit of my experience, mm-hmm. not in terms of the uh, the chaos, but in terms of some of the attitudes of the people and some of the kids, I was like, yeah, I can, this is starting. I remember watching that movie in 93 when it came out and going, it's keying off some memories. I (laughs) I didn't really need anymore. Uh, Lock those away. But yeah, just, and the whole Thanksgiving bit is just priceless. So it's definitely worth popping that one in too. I remember my brother and I being pissed off that they made pugs with the turkey just because he was fat. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that was the whole point there. I know, but we were, even as kids, we we're like, that's mean. They shouldn't have done that to him. That's wrong. And, you know, we were, what, Eat 93? Eat me. Yeah, another Peter um, McNally. McNichol. Yeah. McNichol, yeah. He, he's, I mean, I feel like when I see him in a movie, I'm just like, all right, this movie he's, belongs to him he's now. He's a very underrated actor. Yeah. He's, yeah. Even Bean, Bean the movie, when he's in that, like, oh, again, I like. Movie. I hated Bean the movie so much. But he's great in it. When he, he sees is. the painting, he goes, oh, oh Jesus, he goes. Oh, God. <laughs> Mother of Jehoshaphat, why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, he could just, I could just picture any director getting him on a set and just going, I need you to yell whatever it is you feel like yelling. Just go for it. <laughs> I have a feeling um, that was like, they did about like four takes. It was like, okay, we got the one. Uh, Peter, with this take, do whatever the fuck you want. Just you know, just go wild, go way over the top. And I, uh, Peter McNichol will always be a film god 
because he stole Ghostbusters 2 from everybody in that movie. Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah. Which yeah, is funny. I mean, you know, there's no lightweights in that movie either. Right. The only person he didn't steal it from was Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson has some really good moments in that too. He does, yeah. But, um, but no, Adam's Family Value is the only thing. Every time I watch that movie, I always forget how much I love it because I also love the first one. It mm-hmm. and, and I always had this kind of like weird i don't know which one of these ones i like better like like sort of outlook on them because they're both so good yeah but i think what edges out joan values as being is, is joan cusack as being the better one because of joan cusack yeah. she just everything about her and the character is just hysterical and i also has i mean this it's a brief cameo, but it has Nathan Lane in it as well. Yeah. And, you know, and cook I've em, used, cook em, cook em. I've used that line. Who are you? Who moved the rock? Who moved the rock? More times than I'd care to admit. Um, and then the, um, you know, uh, 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 what's, uh, oh my God, Morticia, you know, you've enslaved him. You've, you've, you've turned him against us. For that, I can respect you. But Debbie, what? Pastels? <laughs> yeah. It's just like... Oh man, I mean, it was. It's it's it's. They're both so much fun, but Adam's Family Values does have the uh, the Joan so, Cusack element yeah. that edges it out. So, yeah. for me. So there Kevin, you go. You've seen those, right? I mean, you had to have seen. A long time ago, I've seen them, but I I remember remember bits and pieces of them. Mm. It's been a while. <laughs> you should watch them again. They're fun. I also wonder too if the uh, the girl. Oh God, I'm blanking on the, the 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 girl who ends up playing um the, at the camp, the kind of bullyish girl, the blonde one. Yeah, yeah she was the in the first. Amanda, one too. her name's Amanda, and the, yeah, but I always wondered if she was the same character in the first movie. Oh, I'm sure she was. Oh God, it would have been. I I really wish we could get some kind of confirmation on that from somebody. I mean, it's obvious it's the same actress, but it would have been great if it had been <laughs> like. Do you want to buy some of my delicious Girl Scout cookies? Are they made from real Girl Scouts? <laughs> <laughs> Christina Ricci was priceless. And then the other thing Adam was feeling, and, and again, the first film, you know, you know, obviously the cast is fantastic in the first film, um, you know, and uh, uh, everybody. And I mean, even Christopher Lloyd, just like, you know, uh, he surprised the hell out of me because I didn't expect any, you know, you look at him, you don't think Uncle Fester, you know, but he comes and he does it and it's great. But um, one of the things about Adam's family, between one and two that you know they also changed was the grandmother um carol kane came in yeah yeah you know carol kane plays her instead of um uh, um judith uh melina Mm -hmm. hope i'm pronouncing her name right i don't know if she just passed on it or if she just just you know she passed away i'm not sure but even that was like i all it was funny as a kid i assumed that the grandmother in the first movie was morticia's mother and in the second movie it was gomez's mother like they had just you know at one point traded off i didn't really realize think that they had been recast you know oh. i just thought maybe they had just Switched flopped houses you know yeah. yeah you know but uh because they're both great they're both a lot of fun to watch so um you know when she's trying to get when they're at the oh no she passed judith passed in 2015 so she must have just passed in the movie but uh when she runs into the uh, the hotel Dinner's gonna be late. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. You know, it's just there was a lot of fun elements in part one, and then the uh, 
But oh my God, Carol Kane as the grandmother in part two was brilliant. I mean, Jesus Christ. She was funny. All right. <laughs> well, that's. I think we can wrap this up now. I think we've exhausted. And that's the thing. It's like, again, when we when we went to do this, it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to have like 30 movies to pick from. Nah. Seven? No. Yeah, I didn't really. It's because we were like, well, yeah, there's The Burning and there's Mad Men and Sleepaway Camp. And... Did I mention Mad Men? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Um, well, there's all the Friday. Th- we can't. Oh, there was all the Friday the 13th movies we were thinking about. Yeah, you know. I mean, there are some offshoot ones like I think there's one called Bloody Summer or there's Cheerleader uh, like, Camp. There's Cheerleader yeah, Camp yeah. as well. Um, there's one oh, called yeah. Stage, Stage Fright that I I I know yeah. is one I haven't seen that. Um, Camp Dread was another one that we kind of saw but haven't seen. Or Bloody Murder is the one I was thinking of rather. Bloody Murder. Um, yeah, the one with the hockey mask. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which was like, yeah, it was obviously like, you know, oh, I wonder what they're ripping off. Yeah. Uh, yeah I never you know, bothered watching that. I never did um, either. So I just, it was one of those ones I remember seeing at the store back in the day and being like, I'm not even going to waste my time. Because again, I, right. I wasn't a slasher fan to begin with, so I'm not going to, I wasn't going to go out of my way to watch a slasher that was ripping off a slasher that ripped off another slasher. It's just like, nah, I'm good. Um, who knows? It's probably a great little movie. They made a sequel, so who the fuck knows? But you know, I'm I'm all set. Um, <laughs> unless somebody accidentally like shows it to me someday and doesn't tell me what it is, and I'm like, oh wait a minute. But uh, I don't think anyone's that desperate for me to see it. But you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So if you guys don't have anything else, I think we're gonna wrap this one up here. Um, we hope we hope mm-hmm. you all enjoyed this trip down. Uh, memory lane that we had revisiting our glory days in these wonderful summer camps filled with horny teenagers and psychopathic killers and questionable decisions and morals and all the above it's just uh yeah the summer camp slasher genre just subgenre just really it may not have a lot in it but it has a lot to remember yes Mm -hmm. it made an impact yeah it did make an impact um so much so that it it with only collectively if you include the friday the 13th what 20 movies everybody thinks that the entire slasher genre is built up of horror movies that take place at summer camps where kids getting killed and it's like well not really not that many so no that's how big of an impact it made for me that was the biggest revelation of this whole discussion was like (laughs) there really aren't that many of these really when you get right down to it no no there's not there's not a ton but we, we we like talking about them, and you know we, we're glad you guys said to join us to uh, hear our thoughts on them. And um, you know, as always, if you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share with us, feel free to post on this episode when you see it, um, or let us know. You know, Facebook, and we're on Instagram too. We signed up for Twitter. We don't use it that often, but yeah, we, we haven't have we one. haven't twatted much. We 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 we, we made Speak one for tweet. Yourself. We made one tweet so far, and that was our announcement for Trick or Treat. So, uh, and then um, we're on Slasher. We're pretty much everywhere. Um, Any social media outlets you guys can think of, we've pretty much covered all of them at this point. Now, Twitter was like the last holdout we were kind of holding off on, but I just said screw it and went on there, and now we're on there. Uh, But you guys can find us on there if you want to check us out there. Follow us on Facebook if you got to follow us anywhere or Instagram. That's where we post 
Or just do whatever the hell you want. Who are we to tell you what to yeah, do? Fuck that too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know. Uh, but we will be back next month with another Fright-filled episode. We hope you guys will stick around and come join us again. And if you're new to the show, welcome. You've got a bunch of episodes to catch up on. You've got about two, almost two years worth to get <laughs> caught up on. So get going. And uh, we hope you guys enjoy. And we will see you all soon. And as always, keep it spooky. Wubba see wubba. Ya. It seems only fair that we give her an opportunity to discuss her. <laughs> Did she I'm kill somebody just, else? I don't know what the hell just happened. A body just fell back over there. There's a cat. The cat's all right. I was clearing. Good. I was clearing off the chair next to me so Harvey could sit next to me because uh, he likes to sit next to me while. I'm what on was here. The, what was sitting on there? A safe? It was, it was, probably, it was, it was like pro- a. It was like a po- It's a. It's probably Peter Brackey's head. Yeah, she's probably yeah. keeping it as a memento. That's her bone. No, it's like a Twin Peaks map thing. Jesus, in the that, that is a fa- you people can't see this. This poster tube is the fattest poster tube I've ever seen. In my life, this thing is ridiculous. Well, she <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Did you get? Uh, did we got video? Yep. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it okay. Sorry. Sorry All right, about so, that falling. That's okay. Thing. Okay. Uh, I will start from. Okay. Yeah. Norman, try not to fillet any poster tubes while you do it. <laughs> we can't make any promises.